We're going to continue in our worship. Um, We're going to do a slight uh, audible here. Uh, We're going to hear a couple people as they testify to the work of God in their lives uh, through their time in the mission field. So uh, we're going to hear first from Isaac Lee, who uh, returned from Ecuador, and then we're going to hear from Christopher Lee, um, another high school student, um, as he has come back from Honduras. Uh, And then we'll give announcements, and then at the conclusion of our service, uh, for those who are able, you can stick around and and watch the slideshow of uh, the, the missions trip in Ecuador. So Isaac Lee, Jr., Cypress Creek High School is going to come and share. And then after that, uh, Chris Lee, going to be a senior at Haggerty High, will share. So one after the other. Uh, let's welcome Isaac as he comes. Share. Hello. Hey. Um, I think Pastor Dio spoke pretty much my whole testimony in his sermon, but um, yeah. uh, fat, this was in a big way our motto for our time in Ecuador. Um, fat stands for flexible, approachable, and teachable. Ecuador is a country roughly the size of Colorado. The denomination that we worked with in Ecuador has 88 churches, but only 20 pastors. Last year was our first, time, was our first year sending out a team to Ecuador. We sent the team to two small towns in the East Amazon region, Lumbaki and Sinangwe. Last year, we returned, or this year, we returned to the same area. Chris Hoskins, the missionary there, told us that we were the only team that goes out to Lumbaki and Sinangwe. Our primary goals were to minister to the 130 Kofan people in Sinangwe and to minister to the church in Lumbaki. Growing up in the church, I've gone on three outreach trips, but this was my first overseas mission trip. For those of you who who don't know me, I tend to overpack, overprepare, and overthink. I was so excited that I started to pack one and a half weeks prior to the trip. We left Sunday, July 25th at 2.30 p.m., flew through Miami, and landed in Quito around 7 p.m. We slept in Quito at Casa Sueca before heading to Lumbaki the next morning. Over the next three days, God constantly convicted me, humbled my heart, and reminded me of just how good he really is. God used me in ways that I would never have imagined. When we got to Lumbaki on Monday, we immediately had to practice flexibility. Our schedule was changed, and we were to lead a nighttime worship service at the local church there in Lumbaki. This was the first time I saw God move through us. We started off by doing the body worship that we had practiced for weeks, and by the end of the night, Pastor Dio gave an altar call for those who wanted to receive Christ. Pastor Dio then asked the team to surround these people and to just pray for them. I hesitated a lot because I tried to understand how, God, how I could be used by God to do this. I thought that since my life had not been a life, had not been one that reflected Christ's love for me, I felt that it was not my place to pray for these people, yet alone pray for these new believers. But as I began to pray, I realized that God was even using me when the person I was praying for began to cry. Whether this was a coincidence or not, I decided to believe that God was already using me. God humbled me by showing me how the people of Lumbaki and Sinangwe make the most out of the very little that they have. One of the first things that humbled me was a basic machine that we used to make some rebar. For those who don't know, uh, there should be a picture. One screen minimized media shot. All right, just kidding. Um, You can see in the slideshow. Um, Basically, we made some rebar, and I was humbled to see that these hardworking men. Okay, that's not it. 
Okay. Um, I was humbled to see that these hardworking men, um, men who have worked since the youngest age of eight, make these rebar with just a piece of wood, um, four nails, and a metal pipe. We plan to spend our time in Sinangwe putting up the walls for the church that, the last, that last year's team had spent laying down the foundation for. This is where we were called to be flexible again. Instead of putting up walls, we spent two days moving 1,000 cinder blocks. We had to move the blocks to the riverbank, which is number two, um, across the river, which is three, across the island, um, and then up a pretty intense hill, which is number five. Um, there's another hill, and then to the church. Although I didn't show it, I had a pretty bad attitude towards what we were doing the first day. I was complaining about how hot it was, wondering why we couldn't find an easier way to do this, and a lot of other complaints. By the end of the day, I felt pretty guilty and convicted. and felt the need to apologize to my team for having a bad attitude. God had convicted me and taught me that having a good attitude makes all the difference. As I tried to make sense of all that God was showing me, I began to ask a lot of questions. I tried to understand how little kids would walk around these streets barefoot with no parental supervision at night. I tried to understand how kids' lifestyles were molded by work and a somewhat accelerated lifestyle compared to mine. I tried to make sense of how at the age of 16, I still didn't understand how spoiled I was, how a good attitude makes all the difference, and how if I really ask, God will use me in ways that I could never imagine. Even with this testimony, I can't begin to even explain what this trip meant for me. God had answered my prayers by opening up my eyes to the things unseen and by humbling my heart and by calling me to be his child. God really convicted my heart and called me to be a leader. He called me to do exactly what my support letter stated, which is to show others what it means to love and what it means to be loved. He had called me to be a Christ-centered leader that works to transform the world. God had called me, once again, to trust in him, to love him, and to glorify him in ways that I was meant to. I come back to Florida now to tell you guys, my family, about how, God is, about how good God is and how God will never fail me, us, the people of Ecuador, and all his children. I experienced this firsthand, and I have absolutely no complaints whatsoever about this trip. I'm excited to go back next year if God allows us to see how the seeds we planted made a difference within the lives in Lumbaki and Sanangwe. Thank you for your prayers and your partnership in our mission. Hey, how's it going? Um, so, uh, my first week of June, I was able to experience the joys on traveling to uh, out of the country and going on a mission trip for the first time in my life. And um, these experiences were great, but nothing was more powerful than when I got to really uh, experience the Lord when I was in Honduras. Uh, I always imagined myself going on a mission trip, my first mission trip with Harvest, but I always had these conflicts that always prevented me from going. And then uh, my aunt told me about this mission trip that she goes uh, every year to Honduras. Um, so I was like, hey, I should go, along with Monica. Um, 
But this was not only a regular mission trip, but also a medical trip to um, give free checkups to the people in Honduras. So I was going to kill two birds with one stone by going spread the, the word of the Lord and um, help people with their teeth since I want to be a dentist. But as my time got closer and I had to go to Honduras, I started to get a little uncomfortable and I had second thoughts and I wanted to stay home. Um, but and when I got in the plane, it got even worse. And I said, okay, let's let these five days go through and then I could go back home where I'm most comfortable. And as the day continued, I started to have second thoughts of what I said and I really wish that I stayed longer because um, I really got to see the Lord and um, yeah. Uh, as the days continued, I saw the places where the people lived and their ways of life, and they just picked up whatever they find and they used it as a house. And that was the first time that my heart was starting to break. And the people at Honduras, they just wear clothes that were donated to them from companies. And a lot of children wore clothes that were too big or too small, and that's all they had to wear. And that also made me very sad and break my heart. Um, the biggest problem that I had to face there was that we couldn't really speak their language. So uh, it was hard for me to communicate to them about God and if they knew him and um, tell them about God's love. Um, they just saw me as a funny Asian man trying to tell them about a man named Jesus that they've never heard of. So it was very hard, and I didn't really get to spend some time uh, with my aunt and fix teeth because she wouldn't allow me. Um, but um, my time there, I saw that uh, I saw a few Christians that were blessed to see that they got uh, operations to get their uh, teeth cleaned, and uh, th they got medicine for the sick, and um, my aunt said that that's all they could do to show God's love. They can't speak their language, but as long as they show that God's love uh, is around, then um, they understand. I am blessed that God called me to go on this mission trip with my relatives and my sister, uh, I was able to do God's work, and I got to meet some great new friends from New York and California. Uh, I can't wait to go back to Honduras with my aunt, and I can't wait to see what seeds have been sown, and if, when my Spanish gets better, I can actually talk to them. Thank you.